Another episode of the Young Millionaire in Training podcast. Today we are talking about retirement, retirement savings. Y'all see how I attempted to try to make that sound exciting. I know it's not the most exciting thing of all time, but it is very informative and it'll make sure that you're not passing out stickers at Walmart when you're old, okay? Or older, should I say? Let me not say old. That could be a little bit offensive. So, especially for this episode, even if you yourself feel like you're far away from retirement, you probably have someone that's close to you or someone that you love that is not that far away from retirement. Send them this episode, okay? Make sure that they get this information. It's actually going to be a multi-part series, so send them this episode and the next episode and possibly even a third episode. I'll let you know if I'm going to split it into three. just depends on how the time is looking on it because I don't want to bore y'all with retirement for three hours, okay? Now, with that being said, before we get into all the good, wonderful information this week, make sure that you go into the description of the episode, like, and subscribe on all our social media. It'll be right there in the link tree, our Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all that good stuff. As I said, make sure to send this to somebody and also whatever platform you're listening on, make sure to leave a rating and a review. I really appreciate it and it helps to push it through the algorithm so more and more people are able to hear this outside of you just sharing it with your friends and family. As I mentioned before, we're talking about retirement. So last week or last main episode that I did was our debt freedom plan. Keep in mind as you're going through all of these steps that I'm going on, I have them in a particular order mostly for the purpose of organization. Some of these are going to be overlapping. Some of these you're going to go to, you're going to come back to, things change, go in and out of. So you don't have to act so super robotic on them and act like you just have to follow it step by step by step by step by step. I can't go to the next step until I finish this one. If you're making some real movements in your debt freedom plan, maybe you can throw some money into retirement or whatever the case may be, or the next piece of the puzzle, which is investing a little bit more in depth there. So just make sure you keep that in mind because everybody's life is so different that I don't want to try to give a one size fit all plan for everybody because it's not one size fit all. That's why you need to make sure you schedule an appointment with me. Um, also, speaking of that, I reminded you all in April, I'm going to be opening up my Patreon. So if anybody wants to help support or donate to the podcast, I'll be doing my If You Use It, You Should Own It and all my first time homebuyer seminars, all my stock market seminars, all these different courses will be found there on the Patreon since those will be paid. And we have a couple of different levels, but I talk a little bit more about that in the future. Okay. So just be on the lookout for that coming up here in April. So moving on with retirement, we're getting to the fun stuff and I'm, I'm lying. Retirement is not really that fun. Well, let me rephrase. If you do it right, retirement is fun, but talking about retirement is not that fun. Okay. But it's necessary. So the thing that you want to remember and because I'm big on mindset, I want you to know that some of the information that I give, in my opinion, of how retirement should go will be a little bit different than mainstream information on that. It will follow some of that because it is good information, but we're talking about you all vibing on a higher level, that you're playing on a higher playing ground and a higher playing field, should I say, a higher playground and a higher playing field that you're going to be playing and operating on. So therefore, you need to operate a little bit differently than the average person or someone that's 
totally going to be in a lower class, especially during retirement. So the piece that is different with the mindset portion, I need you to understand that it does not take age to retire. It takes money to retire. Okay, let me say that again. It does not take age to retire. It takes money. Yes, there are certain types of retirement accounts that you can access once you're at a certain age. However, if you operate and do things properly, it doesn't take you reaching a certain age to retire because once you've hit your number, you've hit your number, which actually takes us there into our first point. When you're trying to figure out for retirement, you have to understand your time horizon and you need to also understand your spending requirements in retirement or what those could potentially look like. Keep in mind you're doing this based on today and especially if you're 10, 15, 20, 30 years out of retirement, you're still going to not necessarily be able to equate for things like COVID coming up, things like inflation coming up, things like these high gas prices. That's that's how, like I said, Snoop and Wiz Khalifa, make sure you roll back, catch that episode on that. So you're still just getting a, a basic number, but just know if you are working towards your goal, that just you working towards your goal, even if you don't reach it, you're actually in a better situation than most people. Okay, because they're not even working towards a the goal. They're just out here and then retirement is going to sneak up and smack them in the face one day and they're not going to be prepared. So look at what is your number for your particular life. A couple of ways that you can look at that. Let's, if you're under 50 years of age, you want to potentially look at about 12 times your annual salary. Also, you can look at this if you're above 50. It just may be a little bit more difficult. Let me not say that. I don't like to say that because that's from a negative connotation. That means you're going to have to do some more work to make sure that you can reach this number appropriately. Okay, you're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive than someone who is under 50 and going towards retirement, depending on when that particular age is that you want to retire. So if you're under 50, you want to look at 12 times your salary. So take your annual salary. Um, you can take gross. I will let you all take gross this time if you would like, just because you getting you shooting at a higher number is not going to hurt you. So take your gross salary, multiply it by 12. That gives you an estimate of where you need to reach before you're at a number that you can retire. So if you make $100,000 a year, you need to have about $1.2 million saved up before you're able to retire. Now, typically speaking, Social Security can be included in your calculation. And what I mean by that is you still want to have $1.2 million saved, but you're saying this is what I have saved and I know that I'll most likely will be getting Social Security on that. And I'm going to come back to Social Security in just a second because I actually want to talk about that a little bit more in depth here with you all. If you are above 50, however, you want to use somewhere between 15 to 20% of your income as your number each year. So you take your income, divide it by 15 to 20%, take your annual income. So if you make $100,000, divide that by 15 to 20%. So you're somewhere between 15 $20,000 a year. And that's the number that you want to be trying to push towards saving each year between now and retirement, specifically for retirement. Okay. And once again, that's with you assuming that you will be able to use Social Security if they don't go bankrupt <laughs> in between now and then. So I want to stop and talk about Social Security a little bit because I like to talk numbers and things, but I also like to make sure I educate people. Let's understand that Social Security here in America, as we know it here, started 
around 1935 during the Roosevelt administration, okay? It was designed as a social insurance program to make sure that retired workers over the age of 65 had a wage during retirement. Also, let's understand that every civilization prior to America and our wonderful superpower, I hope it does and want it to remain that way, of course, has dealt with the uncertainties that come along with, say, unemployment, illness, disability, death, old age. They've dealt with all those. And all these are some of the basic things that are considered to threaten your economic security, and especially as you move into an older age, you're more prone and susceptible to these things. Now, since America is not the first country to ever have a social security type program, for instance, the ancient Greeks, they had an olive oil program because olive oil was valuable in their society. So they had an olive oil program where they saved the olive oil that the singers were able to access to do the day-to-day things and the day-to-day cooking that they needed in theirs. In medieval Europe, during the feudal system at that time was actually responsible for ensuring the economic welfare of the lower class citizens and citizens, especially in their old age, that were in lower class systems. The current Social Security system, as I mentioned, started in 1935, but it was still based upon an English system that was called the Poor Laws. The idea of the Poor Laws were to take care of citizens that were old and no longer able to work. So that's been around since 1600, and our system is largely based upon that English 1600 system. That concept was, of course, brought here as we were settled, and then it was finally actually enacted into the way that we know it now in 1935 during the Great Depression, okay? The reason that this is so important for us to understand and have that kind of background information The world was set up way differently in 1600 than it is in 2022. It's set up way differently from 1935 to 2022. Inflation is at an all-time high, yet we haven't had a whole lot of Social Security reform during that time frame. Because of that, Social Security is no longer a viable way of a main income for you to rely on since it's based upon 1935 even just such things as the median home price at that time was somewhere in the mid 50,000s now it's almost $300,000 yet social security has not increased at a rate that matches the additional cost of living so therefore you cannot rely on social security also during that time, especially moving into coming out of the industrial revolutions and many American workers moving from farms into more industrial areas, into more metroplex type areas in, like I said, out of the country, into the cities and out of rural areas, into more developed areas, working in factories and places that came with pensions. So pensions were a big portion of what was supposed to take care of you in retirement but with the growing amount of age because you live longer now it costs more to live many companies switched over to 401ks where this becomes a problem social security and 401k was not meant to replace a pension they were meant to supplement a pension specifically social security was meant to supplement a pension not to replace it okay so moving into the 401ks When companies switch from pensions to 401ks, that severely limited the security blanket that retirees had 
in conjunction with Social Security because you have a little bit more control over how much you contribute to your 401k. And because of that, that now puts the onus on you to take care of you more than it puts it on your company or your employer to take care of you. Now, speaking of which, pop quiz. Anybody that knows me know I love to ask this question. So here we go. Do you know what a 401k is? Many of you probably will say, yes, you know what a 401k is. However, do you know what the K stands for in 401k? Ah, okay. See, you're going to have to watch for a bonus 401k episode, and I will tell you what the K stands for. I'm going to tell you now, but we still go into it during that episode. The K is nothing but the paragraph of a tax code. So 401 uh, tax code 401 paragraph K, it just says that any money that you place into this account can be tax deferred or tax deducted. Um on that but when i have that actual 401k episode i will dig into it a little bit more for you all okay so keeping in mind that when we talk about traditional means of retirement i have to give you an additional perspective on it because the way that our world is changing the i would call more traditional old school old-fashioned perspective on what retirement looks like has changed drastically so This won't be a full comprehensive list of every type of retirement account. And I'm actually going to break down all these different accounts in the next episode. Okay, so this will not be a full comprehensive list of every account. And then in the next episode, because I said it'll be a multi portion piece, I will discuss each one of these individual accounts a little bit more in depth. Well, not every last one of them, just mostly the more popular ones. Okay, so when you're deciding what kind of direction you want to go you have to first address your personal risk tolerance okay so your risk tolerance is how much money are you willing to lose without it impacting you to a place where you want to take your money out and no longer take risk okay which is just my basic part of putting it so even with retirement And normal investing, and I talk about it more during the investment episode on how to choose your risk tolerance and figure out essentially understanding that everybody's risk tolerance is different. I can't tell you how much risk that you're willing to take. For instance, if we're riding in the car, we stop somewhere, we get out of the car and we both drop a $5 bill for me or for you. You might say it was only $5, whatever. I'm not about to waste time on it. Me, I'm going to be out there for the next eight hours looking for my $5. Okay. Everybody's different. Nobody's wrong. Nobody's right. It's just about your personal understanding and your personal perception of risk and how you deal with it. And retirement is one of those interesting things because the earlier you start, the less risk you have to take. But the later you start, the more risk you have to take. However, typically the later you start, the less that you want to take risk because over time, people typically become more and more risk averse as they deal with more issues and more strife and more issues and problems in life. Okay. So that's where that gets really tricky trying to figure that out, which is why initially I talked about if you're under 50, as opposed to if you're over 50, that may look a little bit different for you on that. Also understanding once you do want to know your risk tolerance, that'll kind of help you understand if you want to have your portfolio professionally managed or if you want to just do it yourself because you can do it either way. There is nothing that stops you from doing it one way or the other. Okay. The problem 
what that is. You don't necessarily know. And some people think that they want to handle professionally, but then they over micromanage the person who is managing it professionally. And when you do that, you don't allow them to actually use their expertise and their professional ability to get those growths that you want to see and those returns that you want to see. And anytime you do that, you're just going to end up hurting yourself in the long run. For instance, I give you something that you may not necessarily know if you aren't a professional or you don't have a lot of experience in investing and specifically more the stock market investing. So sometimes if an investment has, say, a bad month or a bad week, that actually means that you probably need to add more money to it. Okay, because you hear a lot of people say you buy when it's low, sell when it's high. Some people will invest and put their money into things so emotionally. They were like, it's going down. I just want to get out of it. And this goes back to the risk tolerance. I just want to get out of it. But think about it from a parental standpoint. When you have a child, sometimes the child who needs the most love is probably not the most deserving of it. Okay, you have that problem child that you have to give that extra attention to and show that extra love and take it a little bit easier on. Um, and give them a little bit more attention than that good child or the one that's really obedient. And the same can be sometimes true in the stock market. So just keep that in mind when you're trying to understand your risk tolerance, if you want to deal with it yourself or if you want to have somebody professionally manage it. Now that we've talked about the methodology and some of the history behind retirement plans, specifically Social Security and all those, I want to go over a list of some of the more popular or more well-known retirement plans so that you're able to get them in your mind and even do a little research yourself before I drop the next episode where I'm actually going to go down and break them down a little bit more in depth or at least a few of them anyway. So there are really two basic categories of retirement plans. So you have your employer-sponsored retirement plans. This can be things like, of course, your 401k that I mentioned. So we definitely will be discussing that one. Your simple IRA stands for individual retirement account, meaning that only one person can be on it, being that it's an individual account. Your SEP plans. These are your simplified employee pension plans, okay? So we'll talk a little bit about that. Profit sharing plans. You have those places that will offer you employee stock options, Okay, that's a form of them adding into your retirement on that point. And I will talk more about it in the next episode when I actually break these down a little bit more. A lot of companies, when you hear about the compensation that big time executives and CEOs are getting, a large portion of them are made up of these kind of stock plans. Okay, you have your 457 plans, your 403Bs, cash balance plans, non-qualified deferred compensation plans. Then, of course, the second category that you have is your non-employee sponsored plans, okay? This can be things like your traditional IRA, your traditional and your Roth IRA. I definitely will go over the difference between those two for you all. And some of the times when you may or may not use it, of course, as always, make sure to talk to a professional on it before you just go out there and jump to it and get something. Make sure that it fits your personal needs is what I'm saying. Payroll deduction, payroll deduction IRAs. I can't talk for some reason. Annuities. You have uh, life insurance plans. A couple of episodes, I talked about life insurance a few back. So we'll go over a couple of these in the next episode. So make sure to keep on anything that you may want to know concerning retirement accounts, okay? Also, if you happen to have questions 
between now and when I drop these more in-depth information on the retirement account, feel free to shoot me a message. Like I said, go down in the description of the episode to the link tree and follow me. Shoot me a message. I see what I can do to answer those questions. Some of them probably will get answered during the next episode anyway. But until then, make sure to go back. If you haven't listened to all the episodes, follow them. Go back, subscribe, leave me a review. Until next time, make sure that you stay on your Young Millionaire training. Young Millionaires and Trainers and Trainers. Young Millionaires and Trainers. Young millionaires and trainers. Young millionaires and trainers.